Welcome to We Are The Watchers. This is episode 305, top of the day to you, Steph. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Hello. Welcome to This Week. Thank you. I don't know why. I don't know what to say at the beginning every time. But I feel like that was a really lovely welcome to the week. Shouldn't we have more welcomes to the week? Be like, instead of dreading it, come on. Welcome. Have a lovely time. It's going to be okay. Yeah, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, We have got some news to talk about. Mm. I've got a nice quiz for you based on something that we've both had a little bit of a rewatch of. And, of course, we've got some watching suggestions, which is the whole point. So that's good. We can tick that off the list of things to do. (laughs) Well done us. Yes. That's what I think. Um, we're getting closer and closer to Christmas time. I know, like increasingly close right now. Okay, not like increasingly close, but close enough that if you're not a Christmas Eve shopper, you got to you, start. You've started. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking maybe, when was it? A couple of weeks ago, I was talking about having watched a Christmas story and a Christmas yes. story Christmas and how it felt a bit early. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe mid November might be when it. Will be okay. Kicks in. I don't know. I don't want to lock myself into it. Maybe, maybe early November. I don't know. Maybe this weekend. Who knows? I think it's whether or not you are an early Christmas tree upper. You know, like if you are a stickler and you stick to the first of December, then maybe it feels a bit early. But if you're someone who just throws caution to the wind and goes, you know what? I just feel like it. I love a little bit of twinkling lights. I'm going to pop that tree up. Mm, mm. Then. Well, your oyster. Open up Hallmark and go to town. I think I will. Go to Love Town. No, no, no. Go back to your hometown. To your hometown, which will turn out to be the Love Town. Yeah, and you'll find your love of your life, who was probably your high school sweetheart slash um, best friend, maybe? lumberjack. Friend at- yeah, lumberjack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you've been there. For years and years and years and then suddenly um, somebody new comes in because their car, they've been snowed in. Yes, yes. Or they're filming something. Yeah, I feel like I've seen about three of those. Yeah. Yeah, that's always a popular one. Oh, I'm ready. Do you reckon that you've seen the same one by accident twice? No. Okay. Or maybe, maybe. One about a prince and a castle, maybe. Unless there's like... Two or three of those ones. I don't remember. There the might be two or them. three of them. Okay, well then I haven't. I don't think so. I mean, I've watched the mm. the good Christmas movies, of course, every, over and yeah. over and over. It's the rules, right? What one are you looking forward to watching this year? Rewatching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like good Christmas movie. Last year I watched Santa Claus the movie. Hadn't mm. seen that in a very long time. And maybe Elf. I feel oh, like it's been yeah. a couple of years now since I watched yeah. Elf. That might be a good one. It's a good one. I think I'm going to watch The Bad Mums. Oh, that is one. a good one too. I don't remember what number it is, Bad Mums. Two? I don't know. I'll There's check it out before the I watch hor- it. The Horrible Bosses oh, one yeah. is quite good as well. I think that's the second one yep. as well. And that Bad Santa. Fun. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. I do like Christmas Vacation, uh, but I feel like I could watch that without watching it, as in not even have it on and feel like I've watched it if just, I just think about it. Just rerun it in your head. Exactly. That's exactly I it. I really like, we know it as Four 
Holidays oh, with Reese yeah. Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn, but I know it has a different name overseas. You know, I get that one mixed up with, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but the one with... Um, Tim Allen? No, no, oh. no, where Cameron Diaz and oh, yeah, Kate yeah, Winslet's yeah. That's ha- The Holiday. Swap. Oh, it's just The Holiday. Yeah. That one's all right as well. Yeah. It- it's not a, It's not as funny as... um. No, it's not. For Holidays. Four Holidays is great. It is a good I one. do like Christmas with the Cranks as well with oh, Jamie Lee yeah, Curtis that Oh, actually, that, Tim might, that might be worth a rewatch. I haven't watched that one in a while. No, I don't think I've watched that's a, it in a while. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's, that's a good – that's the pick. Okay. It's time for some – For a visual representation of this audio, check out the Watchers podcast on Instagram. Taylor Swift, we were talking about her mm. – the eras to a – documentary yes. that's been out in the cinemas. Uh, it's still number one in the American box office or, as I wrote, the American ox office. Oh, I love the ox office. It's my favourite one as well. Yeah. Um, even though Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, you know, the <laughs> one with Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. came out and managed to make $23 million. That's pretty good. But there is something quite funny that Taylor Swift's concert has been Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. At the movies. I mean, she's powerful. She is. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about the uh, NFL calling the day the Swifty or something. Yeah. I can't remember the name. I only read it this morning and they were like, are you ready for Taylor Swift Sunday or something like that? Amazing. Absolutely (laughs) love that. The Exorcist Believer took third place. Mm. Um, Paw Patrol's still hanging around. That is a very random mix of four movies. Well, one's not a movie, but four cinema releases. Well, I can go one better. Yeah. They re-released the movie from 1993, The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's out in cinemas and people are watching it. Yeah, it's it's an odd time, isn't it? Just do whatever we want, I think, is probably what that, that indicates. Yeah. Do you think you've ever seen a full entire James Bond movie? Hmm. Maybe one. Sorry, I'm just not. What James, what, which actor do you think it was? Um, Pierce, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen two or three in full. Like, you know how often they've got the older ones? Or mm. Like, they used to be on TV mm. all the time, so you'd kind of go, maybe I've seen a couple of um, oh, no, Daniel Craig ones. I do feel ones. like I've seen a few Daniel Craig ones. I, I actually, now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about yeah. it, I think most people have probably accidentally watched a few. Because they start and you get swept yeah, up. Yeah, they're fun. They're yeah. good, fun movies. Well, there will be more of them. Oh, that's good. But not for a while. The um. producer, Barbara Broccoli. <laughs> Is it really? B-R-O-C-C-O-L-I. That's Broccoli. She said <laughs> <laughs> executives. Oh, sorry haven't even begun to map out the next chapter. And it's been two years since Daniel Craig made his last Bond film, which was No Time to Die. He'll be itching. Well, hasn't he finished? Didn't he say, no, I don't want to do it anymore? But I think he said that a lot. But I think think that was the, no, I'm definitely not doing it anymore. Oh, we'll wait and see. He might be like John Farnham. Well, yeah, true. Um, So BB, 
Barbara. Yeah. yeah. She said, Ms. Um, Ms. Broccoli. Ms. In uh, the Guardian newspaper over in the UK, she said, I think these movies reflect the time that they're in. And there's a big, big road ahead, reinventing it for the next chapter. And we haven't even begun with that. She said, We make the Bond movies for the big theatrical screen. Mm. So mm. don't expect to suddenly see it, basically. On a streaming okay. site first, it'll go into the cinema, yeah, 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 yeah. and then it will be streamed. Ooh, like Tom Cruise, he insists on that too. Well, I validate that. I'm just going to pop my phone on the ground yeah. accidentally. Sorry about that. <laughs> I I can understand that they're big blockbuster productions. You know, they're meant to be. Yeah action-packed and things flying past your head as you're sitting in the cinema. You know, not, you can't get that as much sitting in your lounge room or lying in bed, can yeah, you? Yeah, true. And you also pay less attention when you're at home. hundred percent. In the in the movie theatre, you, you tend to not get your phone out and just have a scroll. I mean, some people do, but they're those ones. They've got problems. They're those ones. But, yeah, most, most people will sit there and watch it and be engaged mm. and have a lot of fun because uh, it's, you know, you, you've you gone out, you've it's paid the, the money, it's the event, yeah. So I'm reading between her lines would be that uh, is it that they're waiting for new technology to try and make things a little bit different or are they going to spin it and do something like at the IMAX? Ooh, you know, go maybe. bigger. Yeah, maybe. Or does that change the filming of it too much. You know, you can't really do a close-up of Bond's face at the IMAX because... That would be a bit much. It would be an enormous. And even though actables, actables? Actors <laughs> by large, actors by large, by and large, but most actors far out are not too self-conscious, you wouldn't think. Like that's what they want. They want, they well, not everybody, but... You would imagine the majority of actors would quite like to make it to the big screen, right? Yeah. But not that big. Not that big. It's a lot. Yeah. A lot of airbrushing perhaps. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So yeah, every yeah. little a bit of Photoshop in there. Yeah. So it was about a year and a half ago now that The Walking Dead, they, they said, oh, there's going to be this new show. It's going to have Daryl and Carol and they're going to go yes. over to Europe. And then Carol, a.k.a. Melissa McBride, said, you know what, I don't really want to. Uh, so that was the original plan and they tried to whatever. But apparently it may have been the plan all along to have Ooh. her appear the end of the season of Dixon, Daryl Dixon, I should say. And it looks like season two is now going to be called The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon slash The Book of Carol, which is a very long name for a TV show. But that's what they've decided with. And Melissa said, I've known there was much more to be told of Carol's story as I felt her so unsettled when we last saw her as as she watched her best friend Daryl ride away. Apart or hopefully together, their stories run deep. And I'm so excited to continue Carol's journey here. Now, was it the plan all the lo- all along or did she just not want to be Carol anymore mm. and wanted to try something else and maybe something else didn't happen or maybe they pursued her, you know, and offered more and more money until she said, yes, there's a whole plethora of reasons yeah. that, that, that could be the case. But she will be Carol again, hanging out with Daryl. And why did they not take the opportunity to call it Carol and Daryl? I don't know. It would have been funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> Carolyn Daryl. Carolyn Daryl. <laughs> CD. <laughs> Country Western. <laughs> there you go. Forget the story. They could just release an album. Yeah, just do that. <laughs> so easy, so obvious, right? So in late August, Daryl Dixon, not the character, but the, the show, struck a deal with the SAG after. After I was just want to say afters, mm. but it's not. No, um, aftra, a f t r a. Yeah, to resume production on season two. So okay. that's all good. That's good to go. And Melissa McBride is coming on through to mm. be Carol. Carol next and Darryl. to Daryl. Yep, that's that's it. Look, we've got a quiz coming up a little bit later on about something that we have been revisiting. But first, we need to get into some. Watching suggestions. Got a watching suggestion? Email thewatcherspodcast at gmail.com. What have you been watching? I delved into a show on Netflix called Live to 100, The Secrets of of the Blue Zones. And have you gotten any tips? Are you now on your way to being 100? Yeah, I think so. Or just inevitably. Oh, yeah, longevity right going to in these veins. Yeah, sure. Um, this show is about not cheating death, mm-hmm. but the secrets in the world of, you know, certain communities where the age. Like are you talking about well, the series in Japan? You, well, it goes there. But the series looks at the secrets of longevity. So not how to cheat death, but uh how to live longer and it look it goes to four different no it's not four there's a lot more four different regions where predominantly people reach the milestone of living to 100 and they're looking at things like of course diet exercise um genes environmental all of that sort of stuff but it goes to japan like you mentioned, Italy, Costa Rica, Greece, even California, and it follows author Dan Butner to discover these five unique communities where people will live there. Some of the things you go, oh, there's no way. <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's disgusting. Like the things they eat, even the way they store food, it's really quite interesting. Um, even looking at the places was really beautiful. And a bit. Yeah, there's only four episodes. I haven't finished all of them, but it was an interesting way to just look at life. And, you know, we do have this eternal thing of trying to live longer and look like we don't age, but these people don't necessarily look younger. It's just that they're reaching the age and still, you know, a lot of them are fairly active. physically active. That's cool. You know, they are talking about even the position of sitting in a squat that – you think about how good that is for your whole muscular system and your bones. Be squatting up and down, up and down every single time you want to sit. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that is crazy. That's impressive. Yeah. We should do that more often. 100 squats a day. Will we make it? Well, if that's the challenge, mm. consider it done. <laughs> That sounds interesting. So did uh, apart from squatting, do you reckon you've picked up a few little tips on what you can do? Oh, not really. Okay. In that some of the things would be incredibly difficult to replicate in a completely different part of the world. Yeah, I get you. Um, particularly in terms of diet and mm-hmm. managing things. And then 
there's not a huge amount of research as to whether that is the reason or is it just a contributing factor. So I don't know, if you were trying to adopt all of them, you would have a very different lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'd be exhausted maybe. Well, that sounds interesting. That was on Netflix, you said. Yes. On SBS On Demand, I've been watching the first season of a two-part. I'm pretty sure there's two seasons at the moment, although I was looking on IMDb and it it does have a third season Mm. sitting there, but um, like not made yet. But you know how you can click on episode guide? Yeah. It's called Dark Winds. And it's set in Navajo country in the 1970s and it's about – uh, it starts off as a double murder case and um, the Navajo police officers have to try and solve it and, of course, there are all these different things that happen during the uh, along the way. It's really exciting, very good. It's got, if you're like, well, who's in it? Zahn McLaren is in it. He plays the, well, pretty much the main character and if you're trying to figure out how do I know that person, yeah. well, I know him from Westworld um, in the first season and I think he had quite a prominent role in the second season as well. I think it was the second season. The The seasons after season one are kind of a blur a little bit mm. to me. But, yeah, he was in that. He was in um, Doctor Sleep, Into the West, a whole heap of stuff. Yeah, that's a lot. You would definitely know him. He's got a very distinctive face. <laughs> yes, I've watched the whole first season. There is a second one and you can kind of figure out how yeah. and where they're going to go with it. So. Uh, I, I might continue watching it because I thought it was really good. Yeah. What else have you been watching? I started a series on ABC called Stuff the British Stole. Now, oh, yeah. Have you seen this? Cause it, I haven't. I want to. It felt like something that yeah, you would watch. That's a me thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> the first episode is about the Jewel of Denial. That's the name of the episode, the Jewel of Denial, and it's about the jewel in the crown jewels that sits at the heart of the crown. Yeah, right. And um, Mark Fennell is the presenter and he digs into the true history of the origin of that jewel, who owned it originally and how it eventually made its way to Britain and to be part of the crown of jewels. Interesting. It's really interesting. Um, They're not long episodes but captivating and what I found was really interesting was the this jewel, which is called, excuse my pronunciation, but the Koh-i-Noor or the Koh-i-Noor, which is one of the world's largest cut diamonds, was once owned by the old Maharaja of Punjab. Oh, wow. Now, he was five years old when he took over the ruling. And by the time he was 10 years old, they had kind of tricked him out of owning the jewel and giving it over. And there's a the story is really interesting as to how he comes back to Britain and in a way has to face this decision of whether he's going to claim it again, which would be really controversial, or is he just kind of going to go there and accept it essentially. Mm. And it, what's really interesting is how manipulative and awful the histories are behind these beautiful, precious things. and But it makes sense, you know. Yeah, why would people give it up? Why would people give it up? And how manipulative to take it from a child. You think of a 10-year-old kid now, how would they be able to make any sort of political decision 
let alone ruling a place and giving away something that's yeah. the most valuable item. No, that sounds Crazy. really dodgy. Really but dodgy. But very, very interesting. There's a whole bunch of them that follow all the stuff that the British stole. Not sure how the British feel about this particular series, but <laughs> history's history. Yeah, that's true. I guess you can't lie in history. Yeah. Uh, I watched, speaking of the British, something a little bit different, uh, one of Roald Dahl's short stories Ooh. called The Rat Catcher. Yep. This was on Netflix. I remember watching um, not that long ago, maybe a week or two ago, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Well, mm-hmm. this is along the same lines. We've got Wes Anderson directing it again. Ray nice. Fiennes is in it. Rupert Friend, Richard Ayoade. And it's basically set in an English village. And there's a guy that sort of runs the the local paper and he's kind of narrating it. Yeah. And it's about a guy, I think he was like a mechanic, and he gets a rat catcher in to get rid of the rat infestation. Yeah. And it just goes on from there. It's it's crazy. It 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 looks amazing. It it acts very much like a play. If you remember yes. I was talking about the one with Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah. that was that was really close to, to this as well. And yeah, it it was really good. I think it was about seventeen minutes long. Oh, so they're amazing. not long at all. There's a couple couple of other ones there as well. I haven't caught up with them yet. But what an amazing thing to be able to um to to watch these highly stylized mm. quick short episodes of short stories now, by Roald Dahl. Do you know, are these the short stories in his book, The Tale of the Unexpected? I think so. Yeah. That's a great book. Yeah, it is. I, I haven't read it for a very long time, so I'm not Yeah. I can't remember it properly, but yeah, so good. And 17 minutes is like a perfect amount of time. I think the other one might have been about 40 though. And where did you see them again? This was on Netflix, Netflix. as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. I know that you've been watching something else because we, I have as well and it is uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. It's come back. <laughs> and I thought, well, why don't we do a quiz? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I feel nervous already. Don't be nervous. Well, people are really good at their Star Wars knowledge and there were bits when I was watching it going, I don't remember that bit at all. But you watch it when you were a kid, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. I've got a kid memory of it. All right. So kid memory, let's see how you go. Who lives in the Dagobah system? Have a think about the storyline maybe of Empire Strikes Back. Who lives in the Dagobah system? Is it Leia? Do you want me to give you a detail, like a description of it? Yeah. It's a star system that contains a swamp-covered planet of Dagobah. Yoda. Yoda, that's right. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Who is Lando? He's the pilot. Of what? (laughs) There's <laughs> a lot of pilots in the, Star Wars. The ship. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Enterprise. <laughs> I couldn't even see the straight face when that was. The- <laughs> Do you mean Han Solo's yes. friend who originally owned the Millennium Falcon? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> I... Yeah, I. What's an AT and T? What machine from the Empire is an AT and T? 
Isn't AT&T a phone company in the US? Yes, correct. <laughs> it's the really big thing that walks on legs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> kind of looks like a camel. No? Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they tricked us. They thought they they were like they'll never suspect it, it's based off a camel. No, because we've put it in snow for this episode. Yeah, and we we didn't get it, did we? No, except for you because you're. Yeah, so I got it. I missed most of the storyline, but I got that. Clever. At the end of the film, well, towards the end of the film, Han Solo has been uh, put into carbonite, so. And then he was going to be shipped off by Boba Fett to who? Jabba the Hutt. Correct. Yes. Well done. What sort of planet did they meet Lando in? A red planet. I don't know. What can you mean? What kind of planet? It was a cloud planet. (laughs) (laughs) He's looking at me with anger. No, it wasn't anger. It was like, I (laughs) have got... No recollection of that. You don't remember the cloud planet at all? I don't remember the cloud planet at all. (laughs) That's hilarious. Okay, okay, okay. What happens? Look, ask me something. To C-3PO. He gets pulled apart into pieces and then when he gets built, his head's backwards. (laughs) That's that's my level of question. Why is Empire Strikes Back the best? Because it's number four, and number four is the best number. And when I was a it's kid, not number four. <laughs> Each episode, you managed to laugh so loudly. Wait, hang on. It is. No, I said Empire Strikes Back. No, that's number. What are you talking about? <laughs> Star Wars is number three. It's not number one. Star Wars is number four. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. I don't know what my brain was thinking then. doesn't make any sense now. You'll have to cut that whole thing out. <sighs> um, okay. Final question for the Empire Strikes Back. Who does Princess Leia kiss in Empire Strikes Back? Han Solo. And? Her brother. Yes, Gross. But they don't know. No, no. They but, like, know. regret will live there forever. Yeah, afterwards. for sure. I think they're probably going to pretend they didn't. Like, they don't remember. They don't remember. Well, what are they going to do? Sit down and have a conversation about it? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> they've, got two, they've got more important things to, do, to Tad, deal with. Just yeah, a little bit yeah, more. They're really, gosh, like, the whole galaxy yeah. ha- cannot survive without the Skywalkers. No. I've always said that. Look, that was brilliant. Maybe we should go back and rewatch it <laughs> and continue on through to Return of the Jedi. On that note, Stephanie, thank you very much. May the force be with you.